Welcome to Tree Talking Time, where we talk all things tree dogs. From the smallest fights to the largest hounds, drink squirrels to bears and everything in between. And from time to time, we might even run a little fast game. Yeah, I caught a bobcat today. So. Nice. <laughs> I, won't, I won't argue with that. That's the first one that I've caught in 2023. I caught one you know, back in December, but yeah, we okay. went out, it snowed, man, we got, we have way too much snow. Utah's been in a drought for years, and I think this year might be the year that actually gets us close to being out of it. Most of our snow packs, like, twice what it normally is. Oh, wow. So, normally where I'm hunting, I'm, you know, I try to, I don't go up in the high country just because I hate walking in deep snow, and I don't like snowmobiles, so if I can't <laughs> cut it on my truck or walk to it, I'm not going. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, so where I normally hunt, I'm like, yeah, we'll get into six, eight inches of snow. And and it's like some of the roads I cut this morning, I was pushing it with my bumper. Oh, wow. So I had, I had to go a little farther out west to find some bobcats. There's not very many lions out there. So I just went out looking for a bobcat and got lucky. Had a decent tom that had crossed the road in some low country with just rolling hills put down three dogs i had uh zeus and Waylon, which are my two main dogs and then i threw a young dog ramble in and they made pretty quick work of it i think they had him caught about three hours after he gave them some loops nice. but that's a nice thing about like bobcats out kind of out there is they like the chase is long but they never go very far yeah like oh. a lion sometimes will turn loose and i mean they treat three or four miles away in one direction where it's a bobcat the race is six mm-hmm. miles but he's never more than a mile from you yeah the lions so, line out and, and actually cover some distance where the bobcats just circle yeah yeah they just they'll just circle and stay in one spot and play their tricks and all that and luckily today was just about perfect conditions you know it's still snowing just a hair and he had crossed i, I mean i i figured he probably wasn't more than an hour and a half, two hours before me. So he was pretty fresh, hadn't moved too far. And nice. Just deep enough snow that the dogs could gain ground on him pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So, but I, I'd love, I'd go run him again tomorrow if I could find him. I left him <laughs> in the tree, but luckily those dogs just pulled through and made good work. Pretty, But, you know, when you turn your best dog loose, that's <laughs> what you expect, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Now, do you run a lot of bobcats? I don't. I, I mean, I'm going to start more and more the way our lion population is starting to head in Utah, start running them more and more. But I've only, I usually only run like three or four a year. Okay. Not very many. Yeah. So to say I have bobcat dogs is <laughs> is not a thing. I got, I got lion and bear dogs and I'll catch the occasional bobcat. <laughs> there you go. Hey, you can catch one. That's still doing pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll take it. That's, there's there's a couple guys around here that consider lions trash, and they just, just like to run bobcats, and they'll occasionally catch a lion on accident. But if it's a cat, it's a cat to me. Yeah. But I do pass up a lot of bobcat tracks looking for lions. Yeah. I, I know a friend of mine in Idaho has said similar things, and in hindsight he said he was, he's regretted it at times. You spend all this time looking for lion tracks. He goes, I'll pass three or four bobcat tracks. And he's like, the time I've wasted looking for lion tracks, because a lot of times it makes them better dogs anyway. So he's like, 
just need to run more of them anyway in you know when he's just running for fun oh i i agree completely and i'm in the same boat i'm kind of starting to kick myself for not you know running more and and a lot of the reasons why i pass them up is because i like to run a few more dogs and you know if you put more than you know two or three dogs on a bobcat a lot of times they can stomp it out or mess it up and it takes a good old dog to figure it out where the younger dog screwed up and a lion you can turn you know two or three good dogs out and turn four pups loose with it and they're going to catch it yeah you know and, and that's my hard thing is i got pups to train and it's hard to train pups on bobcats a lot of times they just don't find enough scent to keep the interest yeah that's so i'm guilty of that too <laughs> yep <laughs> for sure well why don't you introduce yourself uh dustin clark um i own cold strike gear and i also run uh the hunting fan instagram i'm from southern utah and been running dogs for about oh, 16 years now nice so this is uh round two of uh this podcast <laughs> <laughs> yep you were one of the very early podcasts that i recorded um and and I will throw Buddy under the bus, especially now that we've partnered back up. <laughs> um, I recorded one with you and your wife Amanda. Like like I said, you were first five or six podcasts that I recorded. I kind of recorded mm-hmm. a, a batch of them, and then honestly, I didn't record any for quite a while. But when I wanted to release your podcast, it kind of lined up with uh, you guys going to Washington to meet Buddy and be on his podcast. So. Yep. It got the axe yeah, I... and, and kind of what we talked about by the time I got, I kind of went out on my own just because we were talking some of the timeline for you were, what you were planning on. And it just didn't make sense at that point because some of it had already passed. Yeah, for sure. So. Well, I'm glad we get to do round two. <laughs> yep. Any excuse I get to talk to someone about dogs and some other things, I'll take it. Yeah. So. No, I agree. That's. One of the the fun parts about this, that's for sure. Oh, I I can imagine. So, what is Cold Strike and what is the Hunting Fam? Why don't you kind of explain what they are for anybody that's not familiar? Okay, so the Hunting Fam is something that kind of just came about. I mean, like I said, I've been running dogs for fifteen years, but my family really hasn't been a part of it until about the last, I'd say, six years, mm-hmm. and so. Uh, my little boy started going with me a little bit and took a real big interest. And then his older sisters did. And from there they kind of sucked their mother into it. And once she came, (laughs) came into it, she's like, well, why don't we just start an Instagram to just kind of document our journey, but also put into the world, you know, that get rid of the stereotype of houndsmen or these big, you know, gruff, just ornery old guys that are, this and that and just bring to light what a lot of it truly is and it's a family thing yeah you know a lot of guys for them it really is a family thing they just don't portray it don't put it out there for the world to see like we do yeah i really like amanda's story and uh her story is really interesting and Mm -hmm. uh, you know and just her take on things and how how she kind of got into it because she said she hated it oh yeah it and in the first few years of our marriage, it was a big contention because I wanted to be on the mountain every chance I could. And she was home with the kids and yeah. 
dealing with her own stuff in life. And it just, it, it was a big, you know, contention for a long time. And we made a lot of compromises <laughs> to, I could hunt so much a little bit here or there and all that. But once she, you know, finally got sucked in by the kids, it definitely changed a lot. And now I, I hunt more than, than most guys. I'm very, very fortunate that way. Yeah. Now it's, now it's not a sense of contention. She just knows that it's there. And, Mm-hmm. And for the lions and bobcats and that, she's she's seen one lion in a tree, and she's good. She doesn't like the cold. She doesn't <laughs> like the snow. But but bears, she's all for it. We that's our our family thing is we camp a lot and yeah. catch a lot of bears together and just enjoy the mountains. My kids like lion hunting, but not her. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely want to get my kids out a little bit more, and uh, you know, we just actually got a wall tent. It's, you know, nothing fancy. It's one of the cheaper ones, but hoping to do some camping and running some dogs, you know, and get oh, the kids out there a little bit. No, yeah, do it. We, we started with just a normal, like, four or five person tent that <laughs> wasn't the most ideal, but yeah, we started with that. And now we graduated to a camper that makes it a lot easier for mm-hmm. sure. But we'd, we'd go back to a tent if we had to just because we enjoy it. Yeah, that's awesome. And it's, and it's great that like that you're showing that it is a family thing. And, and, uh, you know, I've watched some of your videos and I follow you guys on social media and you can tell your kids love it, you know, just as much as you do. Oh, they, they enjoy it. Especially, you know, my older daughter, she's, she's there. She likes it. She enjoys it. But my, my second daughter, Ella, she lives for the dogs. They're her favorite thing. She loves them. Same with my little boy and my youngest daughter. They all. They all live for it. The oldest one, she's just happy to be along, but it's not her, <laughs> yeah, not her passion. But she sure enjoys it still. That's good. So that's the hunting fam. Now, what's Cold Strike gear? So, Cold Strike came. I think it's been we're about two and a half years into it now. So as we were hunting as a family and you know enjoying the mountains and stuff, it just kind of came that Amanda. And the girls realized that they just, there wasn't quite as much out there for women when it comes to like hunting gear. And it's, it's changed a little more since then, but especially the pants and just, you know, she wanted to still look good in the mountain, but want to be comfortable. And there just wasn't anything she could find that was decent at the time. So we started to develop our own line of hunting pants and we brought in t-shirts and hats and sweatshirts just to kind of get some cash flow going yeah and it just kind of snowballed from there and now it's my main primary job that i do other than hunt and it's worked out really really well for us Mm -hmm. now i completely understand the uh t-shirt cash flow thing you know in case uh yeah i I heard you just (laughs) launched them i haven't haven't picked up uh, on the last couple episodes uh just launched some shirts with (laughs) with w and so hopefully that's gonna kind of help me be able to do more this year oh i i hope so that's that's and that's nice that you know you're able to work it out with buddy and them at w that they'll print them and ship them out for you and yeah. kind of just you know a little easier that way instead of having the, the overhead and having to warehouse it and everything like that that makes a difference oh it does and at the same point one of the big things you know while that that, that other stuff definitely played into it it's just a time. Oh, I completely understand that for sure. Cause I, I did that for <laughs> the first of it when we first started, you know, yeah. luckily I had 
you know, some help with Amanda and the kids and stuff. But I was, you know, working a full-time job trying to hunt, plus trying to do cold strike. And yeah. you don't realize when you start your own business that you go to work and work eight hours and then you come home and work another eight hours. <laughs> yeah, I know. Being mostly a coon hunter, I tend to do most of my podcasting and editing at night. So it's actually put a, a dent in my coon hunting. So then I'm like, do I really want to add anything else? that I would have to do in the evening or at night. Like I'm already putting yeah. a dent in my hunting as is. So <laughs> yeah, the whole point of starting your own business and things is to free up your own time to go hunting. And it doesn't yeah. work that way at the first does <laughs> No, it's kind of the opposite, but yeah, exactly. Like I said, it's just, just getting started. And like I said, I hope, I hope it works out. See how, how oh. it all goes and how well, how well people yeah. like the shirts. We'll see. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I I got on and looked at them the other day after I listened to your last podcast with Buddy and Jason. And that's, mm. They're cool looking shirts for sure. I think they'll sell very well. Thank you. So, you know, you said you working on pants. Um, what Where are you guys at with that? I know <laughs> I, I watched, you know, all the updates through all of COVID and all the the issues with supply chain and getting the, the zippers and the buttons and, and all that. and so I know that was a major, major issue. And oh yeah, yeah. It's uh, I mean, <laughs> you if anybody that knows, oh yeah. If anybody that knows me knows, they know I'm halfway bald, and this process through pants and COVID has made it even worse. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But uh, so right now it's just kind of we're kind of at a, just a, a standstill. We're just trying to decide what's going to be the best route for us. We were, I mean, we were like one revision away from being done and ready to put them in production and the shop we were using lost their technical seamstress and they didn't have anyone with the ability to do what we needed. So they put us on hold and then we had some issues with the zippers on the pants that were prototypes that we were testing out. And so we had to revamp the zippers and stuff like that. So now we're just at a point that we've contacted a few other shops Okay. But we're just trying to decide which ones are going to be right for us because we have our patterns that we've paid for and mm-hmm. and uh, refined and stuff. And some of these other shops that are bigger that have the ability to do it don't want to use our patterns. They want to develop their own. Okay. And so it's like, well, we've already dropped X amount of dollars into this. Do I really want to drop yeah. that again? Oh, yeah. And so right now, <laughs> and, and- at the point we're at, it's not feasible so we're still just trying to navigate finding another shop that will work with us and do some stuff like that and also at the same point they want to make their own pattern you've already created a product that you like so yeah why have to go through and recreate the same thing you know it just makes no sense yeah, and, and and it could just be that, you know, they've dealt with other people's patterns before. and Sometimes they don't always work out, so they just kind of have a policy that, you know, we do our own so we know it's going to work for us. And, yeah. and I get it, but at the same point, you know, I it just wasn't in the cards for us, especially during COVID, to go yeah. and drop so much more. So we're kind of just in limbo now, kind of waiting for things to smooth out a little, and then we'll go mm-hmm. from there once we start to push it again. Gotcha. I've been excited because I want to. I definitely want to try a pair. Cause yeah, I I, I've tried some other pants and I don't know. They're they're okay. Um, I'm not going to throw mm-hmm. anybody under the bus, 
but uh you know there were some big name hunting influencer type people that were really selling this pair of pants and uh I went and bought a pair and like I said they're okay are they $160 mm-hmm. worth $160 not in my opinion <laughs> yeah um so no, I, I understand that because I own a few of the big, you know, big name brands and there's some that don't hold up. There's some that have lasted great, you know, so, and they, I use them for mm-hmm. sure. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, hopefully we can, you know, get pushing through that this year and get them done this year. We're, we're hoping. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but it all, excited all just for... depends on what we can find. Yeah. I don't envy you and and all that. Like, like I said, I I know you guys have updated a lot through social media, and I've kind of watched that journey. And it's just like, like I said, post COVID, it was a lot of back and forth and supply issues, and obviously now you're yep. telling me all the shop issues. I'm just like, geez, it's yeah, a lot. it's a lot. That's for sure. It's yeah, it's a journey for sure. <laughs> Hindsight, would you do it again? in a heartbeat oh yeah (laughs) yeah you know for me to be able to you know and and it was not just me i mean my wife was a huge part of it she started it and Mm -hmm. we worked it together enough to where she could turn it over to me and she's gone a different route with her own business and so we're both running our own businesses together we both don't have normal jobs i'm able to go hunt when i want you know and so i wouldn't change it for the world it's it's been an awesome journey tough at times but it's been a great one now are you still uh doing any guiding or outfitting uh i do help a few around here you know a few friends that are outfitters i do guide for them a little bit and then i do do go up to idaho every fall and work on an elk ranch up there to get a little cash flow too so because i i remember last year at some point I had said something about, you know, getting together and redoing a podcast and, and Amanda responded that you were, we'd it'd have to wait till after you were, you were done guiding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was probably up in Idaho cause I'm okay. usually gone for a couple months every fall. Gotcha. It's a fun way to make a living in some ways, I guess. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> I won't complain for sure. I've definitely I don't know. I've been never... blessed that way never elk hunted but it seems like a lot of fun it is they're they're a different animal it's just something about being in the woods here and elk bugle and big bulls coming in screaming it's 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 on in the top i mean i'd still rather go run my dogs any day but mm-hmm. they're one of my favorite animals to go chase in the woods that's for sure unless it's my dogs chasing them it's not <laughs> so fun <laughs> yeah you know a deer chase on steroids so i can't imagine oh yeah yep it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah you always have pups to try it oh, Hope, I'm sure. you know if you learn and get your older dogs broke some of them will tattle on them but i've learned that my old dogs won't start it but you know sometimes <laughs> those pups will suck them right in once they start yeah i've seen that happen yeah. a time or two yeah it happens i won't claim to <laughs> say that i've never had a trash race because i have them yeah so what are you running for dogs um Everything I own, they're all just uh, grade dogs that kind of are all Southern Utah bred that come from a family that's been raising their own line of dogs for 
70 plus years. Okay. Most of them, well, you know, kind of look like that red tick, blue tick. Yeah. Yeah. Red tick, blue tick looking is everything I have. And most of my blue ticks are blue tick body with a red head. Yeah. And they're all, you know, tighter built dogs. You know, I don't think I own a dog that's over 45 pounds. They're oh, all wow. pretty small, tight built dogs. And, that you know just are able to move a little quicker and stuff yeah i don't don't have big dogs by any means yeah but i like the smaller built dogs i think the for what we do the real big dogs seem to not last as long their bodies kind of break down mm-hmm. once they get a little older versus where these smaller dogs tend to get a few more years out of them i've heard that from more than one person not necessarily on my podcast but just listening to other podcasts as well so yeah, it's. I mean, and and back in the day, that's that's all the old timers had was just the big old, you know, the the classic hound, big yeah. old eighty pound hound with droopy face, big old ears, and yep. everything like that. But more and more people have kind of bred away from it, depending on where you live. I know up in like Canada, and that I know some guys that still run them big, you know, mm-hmm. seventy to eighty pound dogs and stuff because they got the deeper snow. But yeah, yeah, you know, down here, especially where we hunt in the dirt a lot and stuff, we. We don't need it. We just need dogs that are agile and will last a long time. Mm-hmm. So. And also just coming from the coonhound side, for me, you don't see that as much because most coon hunters, you just don't put the miles like you guys do running bears and lions. Mm-hmm. So yeah, oh, yeah. They don't tend to break down the same way that your dogs do. Yeah. Uh, and I, yeah, I didn't think about that, but for sure. I mean, I used to run coons when we lived up north and, our coon races up there were nothing like some of the bear races we have. You know, some of these bear races, you get on one of those runners. We're talking 15 to 20. There you are. I'm really sorry. I had a call come in, and then I tried to ignore it, and I ended up swapping <laughs> to it. But So I'll have to cut that out of there. But <laughs> That's all right. That. I, no, I understand. I <laughs> edited Amanda's podcast, so I understand all of it. <laughs> So I don't even know what exactly we were talking about other than you were saying your hounds are a little smaller, not as big. (laughs) Oh, I think we were talking about uh, bear races and they can get 15 to 20 miles and bigger dogs breaking down. And and same with, you know, our lion races. They, some of them, dogs can go 500 yards in tree and I've had some, you know, especially in the dirt that you'll trail all day long and you'll never catch it you'll go you know 10 to 12 miles and just never even get it jumped or sometimes you get it jumped but they just sometimes in lions will hit a long trot and if they hit a long trot they can travel a long ways it's when you get them up on a full run and a sprint that they get gassed okay but you get that. Some of those. But. yeah you get they just they just don't have the lung capacity like bears do mm-hmm which, but if they if they hit that long trot, they can they can cover some country. I don't know. Granted, they don't have the legs like a dog a lot of times do. But you would think if you look at a lion, like they've got a pretty big chest cavity. You would think they would oh. have a little better lung capacity. Yeah, they just they don't they get gassed quick. I mean, it's and like so you'll a tree sometimes, and it's mainly the females. Some of these bigger toms usually don't jump, but you'll get 50, 60 yards from the tree and she'll see you mm-hmm. and she'll bail. And 
a lot of times they don't make it more than two or 300 yards and they're gassed and you'll get to the tree again and they're just, I mean, they're panting. They're, they're done for. Then they stay in the tree. Gotcha. <laughs> Some of them will keep jumping on you, but they don't run as far. Yeah. But yeah, usually a jump lion race, if the dogs are right there with it and it's not in ledges, they catch it fairly quick. Most mm-hmm. of like when we're running lions, it's just trailing yeah. up until the jump point, And then once they jump it, it's over pretty quick. Mm-hmm. No, it's just like I said, if you look at a, a mountain lion, you look at a bear and you, and you just, without knowing anything, and you're like, which of these is going to be able to run further and longer? Nine times out oh, of yeah. 10, you know, some uneducated person is going to be like, oh yeah, that lion's going to run forever and the freaking bear is going to, you know, be done in a hundred yards. Yep. Where it's complete opposite, which is just mind boggling. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, I, I agree. Looking at them both, you wouldn't think it, but man, some of those bears, they put their Nikes on and they go to the races. Oh, trust me. I know. <laughs> Been on a few of them. Yep. Oh yeah. We all, we all have them. And that's when you have 10 dogs on it and two dogs finish it and you have dogs scattered from heck to breakfast in between that you got to pick up or wait for him to come out (laughs) you see a halfway decent track not real big just in the middle and you're like ah they ought to burn this one down yeah you get burned (laughs) yep nope done it before and like you said dogs literally scattered everywhere and then uh last year i guess or yeah i think it was last year had one dog get she stayed on the bear and everything else fell out. Well, we're like, we'll go find her. Well, of course, you know, you got, you can't just go straight to her because you're in the mountains. And so you got to go all the way out and around, you know, she's like two miles as the crow flies, but you got to go 45 minutes out of the way to, to get around to her. And then to come to find out a whole another group packed into her and treat it 800 yards, you know, from the parking area in the one spot. It was like, Oh, that's real convenient. <laughs> We've been running that bear since daylight, but yeah. Yeah, you're going to, they packed into it once it was tired. Exactly. I mean, luckily, I, mean, I don't want to say luckily, but it ended up not being a, a big enough bear to, to kill. It was it was youth day that, that particular day. But then we went to go get to the other dogs and here a couple of the other dogs had found a bear and treat it. And they were two miles in to the middle of National Forest where there's no road access, so start hiking into them we get about three quarters half to three quarters of the way there i guess and uh we had lost signal with them with the truck antenna we had them but then on the handhelds we didn't so we didn't realize that i don't know we got like i said somewhere between half and three quarters of the way there and bear had bailed and oh no <laughs> so we we finally kind of got to the top and it was like, oh, they're still a mile away, and uh, now they're moving again. Yep. And then my buddy who I was with, his cousin called him was like, well, those are your dog's treat? They were a treat for like an hour and a half. And he's like, yeah, we were walking to them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't say that I haven't been there either. That's, oh, yeah, been there for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's frustrating. But that's oh, it is. Runner bears. Yeah, well, that's those are the days that as you're hiking your guts out, whether it's in deep snow or just in rough country, and you 
wonder why you do what you do. And then you get to the tree and you forget it all. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I've had those days, you know, walking through waist deep snow and <laughs> you, you're like, this is stupid. Why do I even do this? And then you get there and your pup that's 10 months or 12 months old is firing hard and treeing and all of a sudden you're got the energy of a little kid and you're just as happy as could be. Yep. <laughs> nah, I get it. That's, that's, I mean, that's just, but that's why houndsmen do what they do. It's, exactly. you know, 90% of us, it's not for the, the, the tree so much as it's just the dogs, yep. you know, I could follow my dogs all day long and just watch them trail and I'd be happy as could be. I don't know if I, I could say the same. I like to see them tree, whether <laughs> whether I'm shooting it or not. I, I can walk away from a tree, and it's not a big deal, but I at least like to see them tree it. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, definitely, like, in the snow, I mean, I, I can't keep up with them. If I, if I cut them loose in the snow, they'll be at the tree, and I'll get there when I can get there. But And same with bears, but, you know, trailing lions in the dirt, you know, whether it's on foot or I have a good buddy that we ride mules and just follow behind the dogs on mules. And that's just, it's just fun to really watch those dogs dig in and do what they're bred to do and go to work and just push that hard track in the dirt. That's, yeah. that's fun. It's just, that's an experience if someone's never done it, just to watch some good dirt lion dogs trail mm-hmm. a lion in the dirt. That's, it's unreal. Yeah. I don't know. Like I said, I guess there's also a big difference seeing it, but like watching Brett Vaughn's YouTube videos, to me, mm-hmm. I just shake my head. I'm like, <laughs> there comes a point where I would, I don't know, I would need to be yeah. a little more successful. Oh, I, <laughs> I, I agree with with watching that. Like, I used to, you know, talk to my friends. I was like, man, this guy hunts a lot, but does he ever catch you? <laughs> You know, and Brett catches lions. He does. It's just from what he portrays, though, he shows, oh, he shows all everything. of it. Yeah. Yep. He shows the good. He shows the bad. He shows yep. a lot of it, you know, and we all get our butts kicked. I mean, I, oh, yeah. I, and that was a struggle that, you know, I had when we first kind of started our hunting fam Instagram is Amanda's like, you got to show it all. I was like, I'm not showing people <laughs> I got my butt kicked today. Why would I share that? And she's yeah. like, no, you can gotta show it all so i i started showing it a little <laughs> you know i mean it, it happens to all of us we all get get bested one day or another you know whether dogs take a track backwards or mm-hmm. pups start a trash race or you know it's and that's the hard part about social media is 90 percent of the time all it is is everybody's highlight reel mm-hmm. you know yep. you don't you don't see the bad and stuff like that and, and i'll give it to brett he he shows it all <laughs> He does. But he lives in some rough country too, where I oh, don't yeah. think he's, you know, got lions are a little more few and far between for sure. Oh, but. yeah. I'm not knocking him, not saying anything bad about his dogs. I, I just don't know if I lived there that I could do what he does. I, I agree. <laughs> I'm with you. I, I mean, I, I love watching him trail, but I enjoy the tree too, you know, and especially with my kids. Mm-hmm. My kids, I mean, the tree is is the end game for them. They want to go see the lion. They want to go see the bear. Yeah. You know, that's, that's what they're there for. They love the dogs and stuff, but in the end, catching something is what we're there for. Yeah. Like I, I'm, like I said, I'm all good to 
take a picture of the dog and take a picture of a coon up a tree and walk away. I'm Yep. I'm fine, but it's it's not yeah. that I need to kill or something, but it's just you want to see that that end result. Yeah. Oh, I so, I understand that. And at completely. the same point, I mean, I've I don't know, just the watching dogs trail at least for coon hunting. You don't really watch them, so you listen. Yeah. Yeah, and that's I mean, that's different hunting at night and stuff, but yeah, watching watching them trail in the dirt is pretty cool just to watch them work and stuff because half mm-hmm. the time that you're trailing on rock and stuff that you can't even see the track. Jeez. You know, lions are just, you know, they're walking through the shell rock or they're mm-hmm. walking on ledges and stuff like that. So you can't see it. So you're just relying on the dogs. Every once in a while, you'll catch a glimpse of the track and, oh, yeah, they're, they're still on and going. It's, you know, it's fun to watch. But, you know, in in the end, our goal is to tree something for mm-hmm. sure. and. And I, I'm the same way as you. I have no problem leaving them in the tree. I mean, I've been running mountain lions and bears for better part of 15, 16 years, and I've still never killed a mountain lion myself. I've seen plenty die over clients and stuff like that. Yeah. Same with bears. You know, I've only ever killed one bear in 15 years, too. So really? I just I just enjoy the dogs. Yeah. That surprises me. I mean, I don't know. I would think you would have killed, you know, at least one or two. Just say you did, I guess. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I had a desire to do it, you know, to kill. I mean, I definitely have more of a love for lions than I do bears. I could definitely kill another bear and not feel too bad about it. But lions, I just I just love running them, love treeing them, love seeing them. So I... I mean, I, when I first started, I was like, oh, yeah, I want to kill a big tom. And the more and more I ran them, I was just like, ah, every, if I kill one, it's one less that I get to run the next day or the next week, you know? So I just, yeah, I think I've only ever had a kill tag for a mountain lion in my pocket once. And, you know, Utah split up into different units. And I think when I had that tag, I only hunted on the unit I had a tag for once. So... <laughs> I, I just I just like catching them. Like I said, I mean, I can't say that I haven't seen plenty die for other people over dogs and stuff, but yeah. never myself. Well, I'm not you. I definitely that is definitely <laughs> on the bucket list to at least get one <laughs> and get, you know, but, and get the, the the typical full body mount to have in, in my man cave. Oh, I I understand it, and <laughs> you know, if there's going to be a day that I'll catch the right tom, that I probably will put a tag on. You know, and yeah, I. I can't say that I won't ever do it because there's, there's going to be the day that I find the right one that I'll take home with me, but yeah. hasn't happened yet. Well, the right day is going to be when you don't have a tag in your pocket. <laughs> it will. I'll, I'll probably catch him and then think, oh, I'll just go buy a tag and come back a couple of days later and find him and I'll never see him again. That'll, exactly. that'll be my luck. <laughs> well, you said you've been running dogs, hounds for like 15, 16 years. What got you started? So I, um, I was just out of high school and I honestly got my first hound like a month before Amanda and I got married. (laughs) Um, but, uh, I was just working in a metal fabrication shop and, uh, had a few guys that I worked with. They're like, yeah, we're going to go, go chase mountain lions this weekend. And I started asking them questions because I, up until then, that was, not even a part of my world i had no idea i mean i had watched where the red fern grows and that was about it as far as yeah. my experience with hounds and so they're 
after I asked a bunch of questions, they're like, you want to go? I was like, sure, I'll go. So I hopped in and we went out, you know, it was in Southern Idaho, went out and we didn't even find a lion. Like we just went out hunting, got the dogs out. And I had a dog within a week after that. I mean, and it was partly due. They're like, yeah, we have a buddy that has a yearling that he hasn't done anything with her. And, if you want to go get her and try her, you can. And so it was within a week after going my first time and we didn't even like find a good enough track to run. I had a dog. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it was hook, line and sinker real fast. Yeah. Now did you hunt before that? Like anything else or? Yeah. Yeah. I grew okay. up hunting deer and I, okay. I had a bird dog. I, I loved hunting, uh, hunting behind bird dogs. That was, one of my favorite things to do is hunt pheasants behind bird dogs. But okay. I, I mean, I grew up hunting, just had never been around the hound world. Gotcha. So it wasn't completely foreign then. Mm-mm. Nope. Just had never been to that part of it, but I've been hunting my entire life. That's awesome. But you know, just by happenstance, you know, you work with some guys and fall right into it. I always find it yeah. very interesting talking to different people that didn't grow up into hounds. You know, it wasn't something that was really prevalent in my childhood by any means. And somehow these dogs, you know, where the red fern grows, like you said, sucks you in. And eventually I was able to go to somebody with some feist and then some curs. And then somehow ended up going bear hunting. And (laughs) it does suck you in, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. It's. It's never, like, it's not a, very rarely is it ever a hobby. (laughs) Once once you get into it, it sucks you in deep enough that, you know, I like to say that it's it's a way of life. You know, it's it's not, especially, like, with hounds, keeping them in shape and keeping them going and stuff, you put so much time and effort into it and Mm -hmm. everything else that it can't just be, oh, I'm going to keep a dog for, 10 months out of the year and then I'm going to use it for one month and then lay it back up and stuff like that. It just, it doesn't work that way. You know, at least with, you know, big game hounds and stuff and same with coon hunters. I mean, they're, they're putting in the time and the effort getting them ready for whether they pleasure hunt or getting them ready for competitions and, you know, until recently, well, I'd say, I don't know when I, when I got on TikTok, but it's been like a year and a half ago. I didn't know that running deer with dogs was a thing. Mm-hmm. And, and it's huge oh yeah <laughs> like i had no idea that was a thing and i've been running hounds for you know like 12 13 years before i ever realized i knew people ran fox and coyotes and stuff but i, I mean deer out here is a no-no so <laughs> i didn't think it was a thing anywhere else well it's a big no-no here but uh i, I fortunately was able to go a couple years ago down in virginia and uh it's interesting. It, it's pretty fun. It, it's kind of like a rabbit hunt on steroids. Um, yeah. You know, you got people everywhere spread all out, kind of sitting on stand, and then you dump hounds in, and hopefully they push deer towards you. Yeah, that's nuts. So, um, it was pretty pretty crazy experience. Well, I can, I can imagine, and I'd love to go experience it just just to see the different style like same with running pigs like i want to go experience that i want to go find somebody with 
you know, rabbit beagles and experience yeah. that just because I love hunting behind dogs. That's, if I can hunt it behind a dog, I'm going to enjoy it. That's me. Like, uh, I'm behind I, a dog. That's my thing. Like, I don't care what we're going after, but just as long as there's a dog involved. Oh, I'm, I'm the same way. Like, I, I did, grew up deer and elk hunting, loved it. And as soon as I started getting into the dogs, it's just like, I, I'd rather, I'll pass it up if I can go run my dogs. You know, I'm not gonna, not gonna choose deer and elk hunting or even bird hunting or anything over running my hounds now. But if someone offers me a chance to go chase something new behind a pack of dogs, I'm for it. Yep. I'm right there with you. You know, and that's like, I was talking, I I was talking with Amanda, I think it was last year sometime. And I'm just like, you know, if I can make it work one day, I'm going to just set out and try and go take my dogs and just meet up with some great guys and hunt bears across the country. That's just awesome. in every, in every state that it's possible. Yeah. I want to do it at one point in time. I want to go experience that state, just a different country, the different bears. Cause every, even in like, just from Utah to Idaho mm-hmm. and places that I've chased bears, they're different. Yeah. You know, they run, they run different down here in Southern Utah than they do up in like central Idaho. Cause I've hunted up there. I've hunted some of the better areas in Idaho and it's, it's different. So I just want to go experience it, you know, go back to like Virginia or West Virginia and experience that. Or, you know, I've got a friend that hunts him down in, I think Tennessee and just mm-hmm. go experience just everything different, different bear, different terrain. And just, yeah, just take dogs and go meet up with guys that know the country and just go have fun. Yeah. No, that sounds awesome. So when you come east, you let me know. No, I, I'd love to, for sure. But, and and it's just, you know, just experience. I want to go enjoy it, just yeah. do all that. And and if you get to meet some awesome people along the way and see some good dog work, that's just what it's all about. Exactly. Now, I'm the same way, and that's one thing I, I've been fortunate to get to chase quite a bit of different things with some different people. and. You know, it, it's all about just experiencing something different. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, and like, like I say, I don't kill a lot over, well, I don't kill hardly anything over my dogs. Some other people <laughs> have, but if there's one thing that's on my list is I want to go to, to BC and kill a lynx over dogs. That's I want to be able to take mine up there and even run with run with an outfitter or something up there that's got a little more experience so i don't yeah. run into wolves and stuff but mm-hmm. a lynx is that that's one that if i treat it's gonna die <laughs> <laughs> but everything else i'm just good to go watch now what about the lynx makes you really want to get one uh, they're just well one just the way they run you know they're they're like a like a bobcat on steroids just you know the way they they run fast they loop they go through blowdowns they're just a smart smart cat and they are beautiful i think that's one of the prettiest cat mounts you'll ever see okay no i don't i don't disagree with you i was just curious as to you know what made you want to kill one of them yep that's just there's just something about them that really intrigued me and i wish we had them here to run (laughs) yeah so that's the big bucket list item huh that is that's honestly i mean I'd like to go hunt a lot of things, but that is one that I will do in my life. Everything else is just all right. If it happens, it happens. Yeah. But that's my one thing. So 
Cool. And it'll be a drive to haul hounds up there. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. But and and there's a few outfitters I know that that I've talked to that offer for you to come stay at their place and they'll run dogs with you or they'll let you run dogs under their license because you can't go to Canada and hunt unless you are with an outfitter. They won't let you bring dogs across the border and run. So okay. you have to be booked with an outfitter to do it. Gotcha. That's, I think I've heard that before. Yep. So, yeah, I, that's one thing I've looked into pretty heavy, and it'll it'll happen hopefully sooner than later. Cool. I wish you luck, and I uh, hope it works out for you and you're able to get one. Yeah, I, I hope so. But even just to be able to go run them, I'll be happy as can be. <laughs> yep. What can we expect uh, from Cold Strike and from the hunting fam? Um, the hunting fam, I think we'll just keep documenting our journey and enjoying life and cold strike. We're going to keep continuing to grow it for sure. And then hopefully this next year, probably I want to shoot for kind of like an early fall on the pants if we can get it up and going, but that's, okay. that, that's not anything set in stone. That's just a goal that I want to try and reach, but we'll yeah. see how things how things go from there i mean we still kicking out hats and sweatshirts and t-shirts we've actually got um someone working on some new t-shirt and sweatshirt designs for us just a graphic designer that we work with to change it up a little and then we just partnered up with i don't know if you know uh jared over he goes by either best gun dogs or best hound dogs he lives kind of close to us i met jared automokes this past year so Jared's a great guy. He lives yeah. about 45 minutes from me and he makes some leather GPS holsters that are, in my opinion, pretty top notch. And he's been working with us that we've been getting our logo engraved on them. And I've done one round and sold out completely. And he's making another round for me now. So we're going to cool. keep pushing those. Cause I, I, I mean, he, he's, I mean, I hunt bears close to Jared and we okay. just were, I ran into him on the mountain one day and started talking to him about it. And I was like, oh, man. I was like, well, when you have one, let me know and I'll get it from you and we'll, you know, I'll buy it from you and we'll try it out. And I said, I've just been looking at him. And the next day I get a, a call over the radio saying, hey, it was Jared saying, hey, I was looking for you. didn't run into you, but uh, I left one of those GPS holsters on, on your camper for you. Just, <laughs> just try it out and let me know what you think of it. And I was like, well, let me pay you for it or trade you some cold strike stuff. And he says, I will just work it out later. (laughs) That doesn't surprise me. I mean, he is, he's a phenomenal guy. He's been great to work with. And we're actually working on some, uh, coasters made out of leather too, that we're going to kind of develop and get the logo put on just as kind of some other things to add in there too. But yeah, so it's, it's, been a good relationship developing with you know jared over there and he's, yeah. he's a good guy and so we should be releasing another round of those gps holsters here within the next week or so he should have me another batch done they're all handmade so it just yeah. it's whatever jared can get to him so it takes him a little while we can't just pump them out every day <laughs> yep now, <laughs> so. we, we sat there and we we had this great conversation i'm like we should have been recording on this <laughs> and a podcast that is we we're sitting under a tent out at autumn oaks and like i said we probably talked for an hour and a half and was like we should have been recording all this yeah oh yeah for sure yeah, he's a great guy we actually 
uh, shared a bear tree this summer too. We just ended up on the same road and he was in front of me, you know, and his dogs kind of rigged a colder bear track and we pulled up behind him and he's like, well, I got a rig if you want to throw in and he dumped a dog and didn't quite, his dog didn't quite get it started quick enough. So I dumped one in and we got, got it going a little colder race and ended up heating it up and him, I went in, I went in the long way to the tree, just kind of following, helping some young dogs out. And Jared went back up to the top with my wife and kids. And he, he was by himself, didn't have any, have any of his kids that day. And good enough guy that he hiked in with my wife and kids, make sure they were all right. till we all got to the tree and mm-hmm. just enjoyed a bear tree together and then awesome. come back out. Oh yeah. He's, he's a great, great guy. Yep. Well, that's exciting though that you leasing some holsters and they're pretty, they're yeah. pretty slick I, i've seen them before i've never tried one but yeah i i mean i used to just put them in a pocket or i'd always have to wear a vest because i'd put it in my vest pocket on my chest and in the summer i'd get hot or i'd end up trying to stick it yeah. in a pant pocket on your leg like a cargo pocket and i just hate it and as soon as i tried that it was like it was like a teenage boy in instant love. <laughs> it just, like, I was like, well, where has this thing been for the last 15 years of my life? Yeah. So it was, they're pretty slick. I really, I really like it. And it's a good enough product that I'll stand behind it, even though it's not my own because it's yeah. you know very well made. And I'm, I'm willing to put it on my website just because of how well it works and how good a quality it is. Yeah. I look forward to seeing your pants come out and definitely always look forward to you guys always have quality photos and stuff on your uh your Instagram and which is kind of rare. Yeah. It helps that you got yeah, a photographer it, wife and <laughs> it it does. That that makes a big difference that she's always packing that camera. It's not just a cell phone picture, but yep. it definitely makes a difference. She that that's the thing. I sit at the tree and t- look at the dogs, talk to the kids and she she enjoys it, but she doesn't get to enjoy it as much as the rest of us because she's taking pictures, getting the right angles, and yep. doing that. But in in the end, too, though, that's what she enjoys. So she she loves the photography side of it. Yep. So. Well, Dustin, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me tonight. No, oh, you're welcome. It's it's been a pleasure. Any chance I can get to talk to another houndsman, enjoy good conversation, I'll take it. So. We'll definitely have to do this again at some point. Oh, I look forward to it for sure. And like I say, I know you extended the invitation to come hunt anytime I'm out there, but you make it out west. You're welcome here anytime. I appreciate it. I'm like you. I just need to make plan that big trip. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 you, you come out whenever you want. I got a place for you to stay, and we'll just go find something to run. Sounds good. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Tree Talking Media. And until next time, keep them talking in the timber.